All right, folks, it's another episode of America's Hometown Horror, and I am happy to be back. My name is Mike. I am your host to you. I say good evening and happy spooky season. And as always, we have another jam-packed episode tonight. So why don't we jump right the fuck in? And first and foremost, let me get this housekeeping stuff out of the way, because we truly do have a lot to talk about here tonight, and I am very, very excited to do all this. Here's where you can find us online if you're interested in that sort of thing. First and foremost, you can find us on our website, which is apod.com. That's A-H-H-P-O-D.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for America's Hometown Horror or Hometown Horror Pod. You'll find us. We'll pop right up there. And if you're so inclined, you can also email us at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com. And I would be remiss if I did not mention our two partners, first of which is Horror Facts Magazine. You can find them at horrorfacts.com, and it's a great resource for any horror fan. If you're interested in news, reviews, and podcasts just like ours, head on over to horrorfacts.com and check them out. Subscribe to them on all their social media platforms. You will not be sorry. And last but certainly not least, we are now partnering with Fangoria, the first name in fright since 1979, to give our listeners an exclusive 20% discount on all things from the Fangoria shop. So that includes first-time magazine subscriptions and any merch. Head on over to shop.fangoria.com slash hometownhorrorpod or use the code hometownhorrorpod at checkout for an exclusive 20% discount on any merch. Treat yourself to some merch from Fango. So with that being said, and now we have that all out of the way, thanks again for checking back in with us. Let me say hello to my co-hosts, uh, Kat is off again this week, which more on that, as I do have a bit of an announcement, but I uh, want to say hello to Matt and Andrew. Guys, what's up? Hey. What's up, buddy? Hi. Hi. How we doing? We're doing fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. And I also would like to introduce to our listeners a longtime friend and supporter of our show, uh, a guest that I've been trying to get on for a while, and I'm I'm happy to say that Matt was able to make this happen. Say hello to our buddy, Justin McGaugh- uh, McLaughlin. Justin, what's going on, pal? Yo, what's happening, guys? Not too much. Oh, yeah, out. Like, super excited to be here. Awesome, man. We, we love we love guests that are excited, and it's, uh, it's good to hear your voice. And like I said, uh, we do appreciate all the support that you've given the show uh, over the years that we've been doing this, which is crazy to say because we're coming up on three years. But uh, you've always been very supportive of us, and I'm happy to finally talk some horror with you. So welcome. I appreciate that very much. Real quick sidebar while I can. Uh, you guys are one of my favorite podcasts, and I work a job that is absolutely miserable at times. So I appreciate it. Keeps the day going by pretty quickly. Hell yeah, brother. Well, Glad we can super nice of you to see. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, uh, typically some people may say that flattery will in life, but I will say that flattery will get you plenty far on this podcast. Uh, you know, we enjoy having our ass kissed. So thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> we no, do we appreciate yeah, yeah, that's it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so real quick, I did tease a little bit of news with regards to Kat. Uh, you know, over the last couple of months, she hasn't the show as frequently as, uh, as she usually has. And you may be saying to yourself, what the hell is going on with that? Um, you also may have put two and two together. But I am happy to say that, first and foremost, Kat is doing fine. She's, in fact, doing great. And uh, I am happy to announce that Kat and I have a new addition uh, to our family and the newest fan of America's Hometown Horror Podcast. Uh, we have a little daughter that was born last week on October 13th, which is why uh, I was not, neither of us were on board last week. And, you know, Cat uh, has not been on as frequently. She's a trooper. She's a warrior. She did a great job. And uh, we're beyond thrilled. And uh, yeah, so 
wanted to get that out there in the ether. It's something that I've been, uh, you know, kind of holding in for a long time. So we're very excited. Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're, we're very excited. And, uh, I've been trying to start her early on the horror movie, horror movie viewings, which I would say that's probably the best part about having, you know, uh, uh, an infant that's less than a week old is you're essentially at home <laughs> tied to the couch, holding this child. And, uh, Whoo, baby! Have I been watching a lot of movies? Which I know yeah. we uh, we have a lot to talk about here. I have a, a a big a big long list. So why don't we why don't we start off with that stuff? But um, obviously we're in the middle of October here, and uh, there's a lot of stuff to watch. So by the time you hear this episode, listener, you'll be able to watch all of the following new things if you're interested in them. First and foremost, an exclusive to Shutter. Um, and as of this recording, I've already seen it and it's fucking unbelievable. So more on this in a second, but, uh, VHS 99, which is the new installment in the VHS franchise. Uh, they're all found footage shorts and this movie is incredible. So I'll get to that. Uh, you're also going to be able to watch the latest offering from Guillermo del Toro, which is called cabinet of curiosities. And that's going to be on Netflix next week. Or when you hear this, when you hear this podcast, it'll be available. Looks awesome. So, uh, uh, also, if you're a fan of American Horror Story, you'll be able to watch the latest season of American Horror Story, which is American Horror Story New York City. Cool name. Um, I guess maybe I'll check that out whenever I have uh, some some time. And there's another exclusive kind of shutter that I thought sounded pretty interesting. Matt, I don't know if you've heard of this, Justin or Andrew. This one's called Slashback, and it is a uh, shutter exclusive alien invasion movie that I thought looked kind of cool. Okay. I have not heard of that. Oh, sounds good. No. Okay, so I guess it takes place in, uh, like, Alaska. So it's, like, uh, way, way up north in, like, the like Canadian Alaskan wilderness. So it sounds like it could be pretty interesting. So I definitely want to check that one out. But, yeah, all of those new things will be out by the time this episode drops. Uh, so exciting. And then, obviously, I know we were all kind of chatting about this beforehand. But uh, lots of things to discuss in the, uh, in the watching department. So... Um, would anybody like to kick this off? Matt, Andrew, Justin, I'll defer to you guys. Don't everybody speak at once. <laughs> I have, I have a lot, so I, I'll, I'm I have a small uh, list, so my first move. Yeah, Andrew, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go quick. Um, so I watched, uh, Lux Eterna. Um, uh, <laughs> I knew Matt would like that. It's a Gaspar Noway. Um, film to Gaspar Noway. I think it's like 50 some odd minutes. Um, it was interesting. Not exactly what I was expecting. Uh, visually, very well done. Interesting concept. A uh, little lacking in like the, like it, it's not really horror. I mean, it's it's an interesting kind of like dialogue about how women are used in Hollywood. Um, at least that's what I got from it. I thought it was good. Um, again, not what I was expecting. But Matt, you've seen that, right? Or have you? Yes. Not you have. What do you think about that? Uh, I thought it was cool. I um, the ending's crazy. The strobes and everything. Seeing that yeah. in theaters would have been that uh, could have been potentially extremely overwhelming. Uh, yeah, it was a little. I had to look away a few times watching the end of that. I was like, how long is this going to go on for? Like, if you uh, have epilepsy, don't don't watch that. Ever. Yeah, like that'll give you a seizure. Yeah, a hundred percent. It almost gave me a seizure, and I and I'm not. <laughs> um, that was good. And then, so I was watching, of course, the uh, hundred scariest moments movie moments and um i got to the omen You're finally caught up huh? like, yeah oh i'm all caught up now and I, I got to the omen and i forgot how brutal some of the kills were in that movie so i was like i gotta watch this movie again 
and that movie is just so good. Um, just that that one scene where the guy gets beheaded by the sheet of glass is just phenomenal. Like, talk about one of the best death scenes in a movie. So good. I agree. The movie rocks. It does. Yeah, love Definitely the omen. That's one I haven't seen in a while. I have to go back and check that one out too. Yeah, it's really good. There's some really good deaths in that movie. But um, other than that, that's about it for the last like week or so. All right, all right, excellent, good stuff. Well, you know, I'm I'm always open to talk about 101 scariest horror movie moments. I did not watch the newest one. I think I only have the newest one to watch. Uh, but I've caught up on the rest of them. So yeah, continues to be awesome. And uh, I know Matt, you and I were talking. It's gonna be sad when it's over with. <laughs> I know. I'm already like, I, I've just been so nice getting home on Wednesdays and it's just like the first thing I do is like put that on, watch it. Yeah, for sure. All right, Matt, why don't you, uh, why don't you tackle the next? What do, what have you been watching? I know you say you, you have a long <sighs> list, so. <laughs> I do. Um, so I'll start with what I liked the best. Um, I watched The Vanishing from 1988. This is a, um, I think it's a Dutch movie, but it's, it's all, also in a lot of French too. Um, I've wanted to watch this movie for a really long time. This was on the Bravos countdown um, back in the day of the 100 scariest movie moments. Um, I think it's earlier and it's probably the first episode. I want to say it's in like the late 80s of the countdown. But um, basically a guy and a girl, they they're uh, married. They're on like a road trip and the, the wife goes into a gas station and never comes back out. And then the whole movie is this guy trying to find out where she went and why. And you find out that this guy has basically just been spending the past. How it doesn't really tell you like the period of time. I would say at least a few months preparing and like methodically to like a timestamp, figuring out how to kidnap and kill a woman just to see if he can physically and mentally endure doing it. Um, I won't give away the ending, but um, it's definitely absolutely worth watching. Um, I had to rent it on Amazon. It was like three ninety nine, but it was. Very, very good. Um, suspenseful. The acting on all fronts is stellar. So The Vanishing. Not the remake. Not the American one. You got to watch the 1988 one. Because from what I understand, the American one has a different ending that does not pack as much of a punch. Um, after that, I watched Deep Red, which is a Jalo movie from um, 1975. And so this one was actually really cool. It was very gory very bloody, very Italian. Uh, this is Dario Argento. But um, basically, it's like these two musicians kind of are around when this lady gets killed and they decide that they, they end up kind of getting roped into trying to figure out like what the fuck happened. Um, but either way, they uh, it goes. it's kind of a mystery thriller. A lot of those Jallo movies are the same. Um, right after that, I watched Tenebrae, which is another Jallo, um, which is... Also by Dario nice. Argento. And this one is, um, here we go. Um, this one's about a, not, a guy who's writing a book and it's called Tenebrae and someone was killed and they have pages of a book shoved in their mouth and it's his novel. So he gets tied in kind of the same thing, but uh, great kills, good slasher stuff. Um, and then I watched Black Sabbath because that's on the 101 scariest movie moments. That's a uh, Mario Bava anthology movie. Um, from back in the day, super good, super creepy. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I have that in my uh, on on my DVR or my uh, sorry my my shutter queue because I, I, I definitely want to watch yeah. that. That was one that I certainly highlighted watching the uh, the shutter countdown. It's good. It's a good quick watch. Um, 
I watched another movie called Don't Look in the Basement, which is kind of like, from what I understand, it played a, a lot as a double feature with The Last House on the Left. It's definitely that grimy kind of early 70s exploitation, but it's just, it, it was a little over the top. And the, the, the copy of it, I watched it on Amazon. It was fucking terrible. It looked like shit. So I had a hard time getting into that. Um, other than that, I rewatched Jaws. I rewatched X, American Werewolf in London, all which I, you know, those movies are great. Uh, I also watch Halloween Ends. Um, I figured we can all kind yes. of talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You want to you want to do that now, or you want to circle back to that before we get into Event Horizon? We can we can circle back. <laughs> That's okay. all I have for my stuff. Okay, perfect. Uh, all right, Justin, what have you been watching so, this month, or I know you, or, or uh, this week, or you know anything good that's popped up on your radar yeah so recently um for a couple new things that are uh kind of crossing our paths right now so me and audra have been kind of hammering usually we do 31 for 31 we have some stuff going on so we kind of can't really achieve that goal this year so we're trying to like really jam pack it into the weekends if we can um but the Wolf of Snow Hollow we watched, which I believe you guys have recommended before on here. I loved I loved that movie. That movie rocks. It is so good. I believe it's on Amazon Prime right now. Um, but that movie was an absolute joy. Like we like we both loved it. It's not it doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh the practical effects are good, but you know, it is short and sweet there's really not too too much to it don't go into it thinking you're going to see the best movie in the world but it is absolutely like a super fun movie um then uh we watched the watcher on netflix um yes is this the uh, the, the new series yes so it's a new series it's about seven episodes long they're all roughly between 45 and like an hour and five minutes long so it's nothing too too crazy but we hammered through that series in like three days um solely because like it's just a, a good mix of like an actual true story and then obviously they're taking like huge like we're just going to take all these liberties with it but overall like with you know how into true crime me and audra are it was like a nice little like digestible thing that we could kind of try to slam it in um it's good the ending is a little bit of a bummer i wish it just ended with a little bit more of a punch if they're going to take so many liberties during it but it is an ongoing case, so but they they are very candid about that, uh, pretty much constantly. And also, this is like an older case that happened, but it's just kind of nuts that this like most of this actually is a real thing that happened to a family in like a multi million dollar home. So you're like, what, <laughs> like what is going on? So it definitely it, worth it the is... watch. I actually the ride was oh, great. Sorry. No, the ride was great, man. And it's like, it's a little stressful, like while you're watching it, because you're like, if this happened in my, it's a lot of hypotheticals of like, what if this happened to me, are like kind of running through your head the entire time. And uh, I just, I, it's, it's a bit of a, like a nail biter in certain points, because you're like, wait, like, what if this actually was occurring in my current home, and it gets you a little stressed out. So I, uh, I, I liked it a lot. But the ending, not the best. My brother recommended it to us. He watched it in one night with his wife, and uh, we were like, "All right, we'll we'll check it out." And then again, we finished it in about three days, um, and then we started Midnight Club. Not very far into it at all. I just we we both love Mike Flanagan a lot. Um, Doctor Sleep's one of my favorite movies, and then I liked yep. Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor a ton. So I was like, you know what? We'll just we'll ride with him. Whatever he's got. And Midnight Mass was great too. Uh, this is way more of like a teen drama than I thought I was going to be in the setup, but the '90s nostalgia is 
hitting hard. Like the soundtrack is phenomenal right off the dude, bat. The sound the soundtrack bangs. It's awesome. Oh, dude, it's it's fantastic. And like the characters, like the the actors are all great. It's really good so far. I can't wait to see where it's going, but I'm we're really not that far into it. Um and then for rewatches, we hit uh The Witch, which is again like what a movie. Just absolutely fantastic. Um and then Evil Dead 2013, like the remake. Oh, wow. Um that's just a movie I love. I think that's one of the better remakes like ever made. It's so good. It's it's with all the practical blood effects and everything. It's just it's such such a good movie. Great cast. Keeps pushing through. I'm hoping that they kind of continue uh, you know, that vibe that you get through the whole movie of just it's unsettling. You don't really know the direction it's going. Like they're obviously they're like making their own artistic choices and then the way it wraps up and everything. Evil Dead Rise is a movie I've been so excited for for so long. Uh and then we rewatched Halloween Kills in anticipation for Halloween Ends, which is a movie I have skipped every trailer for. Um, yeah. and I have yet to watch Halloween ends, uh, again, some stuff came into play, but if you guys got to spoil it, you guys got to spoil it. I'm cool with that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think we should spoil it for him, but what do you think? I don't think we should spoil it. So I've heard extremely mixed reviews. It's either like, this was cool. They did like, they did something different or it's like, this was absolute dog shit. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm moving yeah. on with this fucking donkey brain movie. So I was like, all right, <laughs> we'll see kind of how this shakes out. I'm like, I'm going to obviously reserve my opinion for my own. Sure. Uh, and then really last two things on my list was uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, which we have never watched before. It's fine. You know, like I liked the stories when I was younger. It's it's whatever. Like I was like, all right, this is this Blumhouse ass movie. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't even know. If, I don't know who made it. It's just like, all right, there's certain aspects of it, like the jump scares, where you're like, all right, yeah, that got me a little bit. But for the most part, I was like, this could have been something like legit, grimy, like gross movie that went over the top, and it just didn't hit as hard as I hoped it did. Um, but again, I guess they're playing to their you know, a potential age market. See, I, I didn't think it was that bad, but they absolutely could have made it scarier. And when you, the, the depressing yeah. thing about that, the guy who directed it, Andre Overdahl. So he directed like the autopsy of Jane Doe that and uh, troll hunter. Those movies are fucking awesome. Oh, so troll this is definitely such a good movie. Oh yeah. So this is definitely much more of a mainstream move. This is like, I think scary stories to tell in the dark is more gateway type horror, but I, I still yeah. kind of liked it. I see what you're saying though. Do you think this was like a, a studio stepping in and being like, hey, man, like, let's make this as marketable as possible? Absolutely. I think they probably yeah. went to him and they were like, hey, we want you to make this. We want you to make this like a scarier, but not R rated Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. No, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, when you look at like Troll Hunter, prime example, that movie's fin- like it's so fantastic. Like, I really like that movie. It's phenomenal. Uh, and it's it's really just out there. Uh, and then Autopsy of Jane Doe again, like that movie scares the shit out of me. So like, all right, yeah, this me is too. this is some good shit. So definitely a bummer. Uh, and then uh, just based on some recommendations, I just started uh, listen. I'm doing audiobooks just while I'm working, but I just started listening to it for the first time. Oh hell yeah! Holy moly, that book is yeah so good. So how, Salem how slots. How far are you? Uh kind of hard to tell. Um, I don't think, like, it, honestly, the audiobook's like 50 hours long. I think yeah. I'm like, I think I'm about at the 15 hour mark. It's, so, it's um, very long. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like it's stuff I didn't know. Like watching the miniseries, I don't even think I ever caught it. Uh, oh, and then yeah. <laughs> like, the like the full like you know obviously the the more recent films like you know Bill's wife being named Audra and my wife being named Audra was like oh what the hell like I didn't I didn't even like really put this together until just now like so it's definitely been a cool like like all the all the detail that he goes into it's like it's pretty bone chilling um I'm still just in the Salem's Lot I think it's his best book me too yeah when he's that the graveyard scene in Salem's Lot is something that I hope they touch on in the movie um because it is still potentially the scariest thing I've ever heard in my entire life when he like opens the coffin and the little kids awake what yeah he's just or yeah. when he's uh when he's digging the grave yeah, dude. And the, the time just keep he keeps having like experiencing lost time, and every time he looks up at the sun, it's just darker and darker, and he's further in the ground, and he just he's like, dude, something's staring at me from that house. It's so like it's like the most intense, just goosebump inducing scene. Yeah, it's um, but <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's just what I've been got going on, and then hopefully we have a couple things in the wings, like the new Hellraiser and stuff like that this weekend, and Halloween ends. So oh, beautiful. Yeah. All right, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll kind of comment on a couple of things you mentioned there, Justin, that I also watched. So in terms of rewatches, so I also, in anticipation of Halloween ends, I rewatched the 2018 Halloween, which I actually quite enjoy. I love um, that movie because. I, I do too. I do too. But I could not bring myself to rewatch Halloween Kills because I feel like it's such a piece of shit. I know uh, <laughs> other people liked it more than me. I just, I maybe, I, maybe I really do need to give it another shot. Uh, but I did, I did rewatch the 2018 Halloween, and I, I, I liked it about as much as I remembered liking it. And I, I was iffy going back in. I thought maybe some of my, uh, my fondness would have faded with time, but I didn't really necessarily find that to be the case. So the season of the witch masks being in Halloween Kills, when that scene happened, I'm, I'm honestly I'll just spoil that movie if if that's cool with you guys. Um, <laughs> Go for it. That how it, when the season of the witch masks like show up in that movie, like I understand they're just like some shitty like trick-or-treaters i was like this is what's up like they're gonna go in the coolest direction with this i think like i have so much faith like that first one was so good and like so far story's not been the best but like so that's like probably a quarter into the movie um the kills were great like that opening scene is awesome all the kills in that movie i think are phenomenal uh and then at just the end in like the evil dies tonight stuff dude like (laughs) it was just beating a drum and like the guy who looks like Danny DeVito's penguin running around the hospital and they're all chasing him being like, that's him. That's Michael Myers. Oh, yeah, I'm like, all right, man, like a little bit of like, you know, yeah. Personal awareness and like how tall he is. Like, it's just, it didn't make any sense. And it just, dude, it, it the most un Michael Myers looking person potentially yeah. on earth. Yeah. It, it just felt so, I don't know. It, it just felt like a little lifeless with the, some of the story beats, but the kills were great. Like, I really can't stress that enough. Like I like the violence was incredible. Yeah. For, the violence yeah, was definitely yeah. good. And I actually, so the, the flashback scene at the beginning was, was pretty cool. I, I yeah, thought that I that was that well lot. done. I, it was well done. I enjoyed really that. Really good jump scare in there too. That gets me still to this day. Like every time I watch it, I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So I guess, yeah, Justin, I want to keep this spoiler free for you. Cause it sounds like you're pretty amped to see Halloween ends. And Andrew, did you have a chance to watch Halloween ends yet or no? Unfortunately, I have not seen that yet as much as I really want to. Um, I haven't okay. seen it. So, all right. So I, I guess I'll, I'll keep it vague. Um, Matt, I, I think we probably have slightly different opinions on this. I, 
I actually enjoyed it. I was very surprised. And I will, and, and Justin, I know you mentioned this before. Um, I definitely give the filmmakers a little bit of credit for doing something different. It is not at all what I was expecting um, based on the marketing for the movie. And I think that there are probably a lot of the negative reaction to this movie is based solely on the way that it was marketed, which, you know, uh, it's, how many times have we heard that story before where a movie has been mismarketed? And I feel like the story that they are portraying in these trailers and commercials and the posters is this big knockdown drag out brawl that lasts two hours between Laurie Strode, and Michael Myers. And that's not necessarily what you're getting here. Um, I don't really think that's a spoiler to say that it's uh, you know, there's definitely some of that, but it's going to be not quite what you expect. And I think that your level of, you know, appreciation for the movie is going to really depend on if you're okay with that or not. Now, Mike, that makes me wonder, do you think I'd like this movie then? I do actually think you would like this movie, Andrew. Yes. Because as someone that my favorite Halloween movie is Halloween three, that kind of sounds like it's more up my alley. So this is, this is definitely nowhere near as weird and awesome as Halloween three. Uh, so wipe, wipe that notion from your mind right now. It's definitely trying to be different. Uh, yeah, I I feel like they just, you know, they, they captured some sort of weird lightning in a bottle with, with season of the witch. And this is definitely not the same level of quality, but I, I do, I, like I said, I do appreciate that they were at least trying to do something new with the whole, you know, Michael Myers experience. So your mileage may vary. I, I liked it more than I, than I thought I was going to get, I was going to, uh, Matt, what did you think about it? So I thought that this as a, a movie as itself, this, it was, it wasn't bad. Like, I just think that this should have just been its own movie that had nothing to do with Michael Myers or Halloween or that franchise and it would have been fucking wrapped. But <clears throat> that's not what happened. So it uh, it does yeah, have to be yeah. with Michael Myers and Haddonfield. But I did read some stuff, basically, and it almost kind of what I was reading and basically what uh, was David Gordon Green, what he was uh, going for... Um, it was almost kind of, I don't want to like, I'm trying to like think of a way to word this that it's not going to make it spoilery, but it almost has like a Stephen King story element. Um, fair. In, yeah, that's in fair. In terms of how, you know what I mean? It's like, there's like something that's up with like the town itself, kind of. Like they, because even in Halloween Kills, you have like this like mob mentality thing that goes on. Um, so I thought it would, I, when I, when I kind of in retrospect looked at the entire three movie thing, under that light, I I had a little more appreciation for what they were trying to do, and for what they saw this whole thing as. But again, having it go like the direction it went, I just I was like that kind of stinks. Like just oh now that's me thinking of it from like Halloween nineteen seventy eight point of view into this. So I was a little bummed out by the direction they went, but by no means would I say that it was like an awful move. Um, I think it hit its marks. It had, there was cool parts to it. It was entertaining. But uh, I just, story-wise, in terms of the whole entire Halloween thing, it just, it didn't. Sure. I can, I can certainly understand that, for sure. And I, I think that if we didn't live in the, you know, environment we live in now, where everything needs to be a franchise, everything needs to be a trilogy, there needs to be sequels, like, they really could have 
turned Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, they could have condensed that into like one really long movie if they yeah. really wanted to. Or two like pretty long ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the Hobbit syndrome. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I definitely I, I enjoyed it more than I did Halloween Kills uh, by by a, a pretty good fucking margin, I think. Um, so, yeah, maybe I'm in the minority there. It's certainly it's getting its fucking dick kicked in on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> right now. Yeah. Smashed. Like, all oh, my, man, like a lot of my Facebook like friends, just people I work with are like that movie sucked ass. So I was like, oh, OK, so it's a peacock yeah. watch instead of uh, going to the theater. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I definitely watched it on Peacock. Now, I, I think that as seasoned horror fans that you may enjoy this a little bit more because I feel like the people that are the more casual horror fans that want to go to the theaters to see Michael Myers kill a bunch of babysitters or, you know, see him fight with Laurie Strode for two and a half hours. If you're a more casual fan, that's probably what you want. So I think a lot of the negative feedback coming from this movie is kind of, again, those, those expectations that were, you know, falsely set and then not met in the eyes of many people. So. Take that with you know with how how you will I suppose. Sure. Um, All right. Overall, I'm looking. Yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, it's, if yeah. you have Peacock, for sure. And I mean, there's there's definitely worse ways you can spend two hours of your time. I'm gonna hit it with the free trial, and then I'm gonna just dedicate my money towards Shutter because I we still don't have Shutter. Shutter. Here we go, baby. Yeah, you need Shutter. You need Shutter for sure. All right, so uh, all right, so that's Halloween ends, and I, as, as I mentioned, I did rewatch Halloween 2018. So I also rewatched uh, The Shining, which I watch usually at least multiple times per year. So I rewatched The Shining uh, right after my daughter came home. I think that was one of the first movies that I put on. Actually, uh, <laughs> Andrew came over to see her, and I took a fucking incredible picture of uh, it's Andrew holding my daughter with uh, Jack Nicholson's face on the TV directly behind him, and they look like two like it's the, I gotta, I you have to see it but it basically it makes Andrew kind of look even more insane than he actually may already be it was pretty fucking funny so yeah, that, was, uh, that was quite the photo you took I I, I feel like if um if Bridget okayed it that would be like my profile picture but yeah yeah I'm sure she probably wouldn't have an issue with it but uh yeah so I watched The Shining and then Matt, I uh, I checked out for the first time in a, in a long, long while. Uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because I know we were talking about that on a podcast. And man, what a good time that movie is! I mean, yeah, that movie's awesome. Yeah, just a lot of fun. You know, if you want to just turn your brain off and watch like an old school, like black and white, like monster movie, it's just you know more of a comedy, obviously. But you have the Wolfman, Dracula, and Frankenstein all in it, and you get a nice little. Uh, quasi appearance from one Vincent Price at the very end uh, as the invisible man which is yeah. pretty awesome that was one my, final uh, good evening that was my first fucking dabble dude that was my first hit <laughs> yeah yeah that, so that was great i was very happy that i went back and rewatched that i was thinking of you when i watched that maddie so thank you again for bringing that to my uh, to my attention here yeah. all right so uh, let me let me fire through some of these here cuz i have some stuff that i'm like really really excited to talk about so um, Justin, just to go off what you were saying, so we were up, Kat and I were just literally watching TV and we were up between starting either the Midnight Club or the Watcher and we opted to start the Midnight Club first. So we're about an episode and a half in. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, too. 
yeah, I really don't have an opinion on it yet, but it's definitely like the '90s nostalgia is is pretty cool, and the soundtrack's awesome, and I think it has the potential to be a very interesting story. And I mean, Mike Flanagan kind of can do no wrong right now, so I'm interested to see where it goes as well. The first episode's good. Yeah, for sure, I liked it. Um, and then obviously, The Watcher is in my queue as well. Uh, on the same in the same vein, I should say. So for Netflix TV series, I already watched all three episodes uh, or the first three episodes that are available now of Volume Three of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Anybody else check this out? Ooh, I didn't uh, even yeah. realize those were out there yet. Yeah, they're out now. Um, so the three stories, uh, t- they're they're pr- they're pretty good. Um, as much it's weird because with Unsolved Mysteries, I, I love it, but. I actually went, and I'm a guy that loves UFOs and alien shit. They kind of lose me when they do those alien episodes on this new, uh, new iteration of, of unsolved mysteries. But the, the true crime ones that were on there so far were both really good. And they're doing new episodes each week for the next uh, two weeks after this. So definitely check out unsolved mysteries on Netflix. Um, I also checked out werewolf by night on Disney plus. Yeah. How's that? Um, it, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, you know, it's an hour long, you know, PG 13 Disney Marvel Halloween special. Um, de- it's in black and white, definitely a throwback to like the classic universal monster movies, some, uh, very interesting practical effects. And there's a really deep cut Marvel horror character in there that I never thought that I would really see on the big screen. That is pretty awesome in it. So, I mean, if you have Disney plus and you're looking for something to do on Halloween, uh, throw on werewolf by night. It's pretty cool. And it's like 50 minutes long. So there's definitely way worse, uh, way worse ways to spend your time, I would say. Okay. So, and then these are the ones I'm really excited to talk about here. And I know I'm going to keep rambling here, but it's been, a, it's been a little while since we've recorded. So uh, Matt, Andrew, I know you guys talked about Hellraiser last week. And I think Justin, you said you didn't see it yet, right? I haven't seen it yet. Can't wait to. I love, okay. I love the original Hellraiser. I really liked this one a lot. I thought awesome. it was pretty good. Yeah, I dug it. Um, I thought it was a, obviously it's a much more grounded take on the story. I feel like than the first one, which I, I kind of liked and, and Matt, Andrew, and the way you two and Hannah described it as like a, basically a way that someone that knows nothing about the Hellraiser franchise to get into the franchise. I feel like that's a good way of describing it. Cause they kind of, you know, it's kind of like the explain it to me like I'm a fucking moron, like plot <laughs> progression of Hellraiser yeah. type thing. Um, but I, I I don't mean that in like a negative way. I thought that the uh, the Cenobites. Oh, Andrew, say it with me, okay? Cenobites, <laughs> right? <laughs> Again, I listened um, to the first five minutes of the last episode, and that I I laughed I laughed at that in line at the grocery store. I was like like actually laughing. I'm glad I can uh, still, so that's good. Dude, I thought they looked awesome. I thought the I thought Pinhead was awesome. Um, I thought the practical effects and the gore was was pretty good. I actually thought it was going to be a little bit more violent than it was. To be honest, it didn't really. Uh, I, I feel like the first one is is more extreme. Oh, yeah, way the first more one's pretty gory. Oh, the first yeah, yeah, the first one's pretty wild. Yeah, like definitely. But I liked it, and I I thought it was pretty cool. Justin, if you like if you like Hellraiser, I don't think you'll be disappointed. So definitely check that out. Um, then, so I, I was texting Matt about this. Uh, one of the first movies that I watched after we got home from the hospital, I had, uh, uh, baby watching shift and she was sleeping and I was like, you know what? I'm in the mood to scare the shit out of myself. Like what can I watch right now to really scare me? And I had never seen Lake Mungo before. Have oh. any of you guys seen this movie? 
No, so I, I've heard nothing but positive. Oh, my God. Did you take my advice. What was your advice again? I forget. I'm sorry. You, you guys were um, at the hospital, and I was watching the 100 Scariest Moments. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yep. Showed up and then they it gives away, like, the whole movie. And I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have watched this. Because now it's like, I know the entire movie. And I was like, if you're going to watch that movie, do not watch that um, I segment. did. I did. I appreciate the heads up. I did heed your advice. So I waited on 100 scary, 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments before I watched Lake Mungo. And holy shit. Like, I... I don't feel like I scare very easily anymore. It's almost kind of bugs me sometimes because I want to be scared. This movie, I was scared shitless, like watching oh, it at God. two in the morning by myself in the dark. And the way it's shot, it's it's like this very like grainy, like faux documentary feel to it. And I did end up going back and watching the 101 scariest movie moments. And the way they describe it is almost, it's almost shot like a David Lynch movie. And you can certainly see that like with the camera work. Oh, that's rough. And yeah. And dude, the, the, like the imagery is very unsettling. It's a, it's a, I I don't even want to give it away, but it's a, it's a, a very untraditional haunting type of story that takes a lot of twists and turns. And I like was, I was, needing to throw on an episode of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. When I finished, I needed something to kind of <laughs> cleanse the, cleanse the palate a little bit. You know, I was pretty fucking, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. pretty rattled, which dude, if you, if, 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 yeah, if you're looking for that, check it out. Um, it's on Tubi right now. So watch it. Oh, Oh, fantastic. So yeah, I mean, one that. thing I, I got to give Audra all the credit in the world. So when we first got together, I like, I liked horror movies. There were some horror movies that absolutely resonated with me, but she was like into like, what is the scariest thing I can find? And then she would just drive it down her throats. Now she's like, all right, I'm a little <laughs> bit more tame. I don't want to go like super gory, anything like that. But this one was on our radar for a while. We haven't watched it yet. Um, this guy on YouTube's Chris Stuckman. He reviews some horror movies like every October. Um, and he recommends them at a high regard because he's trying to be a director of horror movies. He's got one yeah. like in the making now. But Lake Mungo is one that he's just like, this movie fucked me up forever. Like, I'm never going to be the same. And I was like, damn. But I feel like Hereditary Completely understandable. has that same like, Lynchian like, kind of like what's over there in the corner. Like, there's a lot of stuff in Hereditary that people miss that like in the background actually scared the living shit out of me yeah, because me in the in the background of scenes there'll be like you know i again won't give anything away but there will be something there that like just the imagery just absolutely drives me nuts i'm like look over there dude please like acknowledge what i'm seeing and they'll just move on to the next scene and i'm like this is that's why i like that movie so much to be honest yeah you you gotta you gotta see this then for sure um, and it's funny because we were just talking we were talking about mike flanagan before and on the shutter show the oh. countdown um, Flanagan is one of the, the big people that talks about Lake Mungo and how, the impact that it had on him and his work, uh, specifically The Haunting of Hill House. So I was just going to say, if yeah. it's the imagery in the background, I mean, The Haunting of Hill House, it's so evident. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Lake Mungo, uh, check it out if you dare, which if you're a listener to this show, I'm sure you will, and thank me later. It's fucking awesome. So... Oh, all right. A uh, couple, couple more quick ones here. And Andrew, I know this was a recommendation from you. And thank you for this one, because I really dug this movie, too. It's on Hulu right now, and it's called Sputnik. If any of oh, you guys have seen this. That movie's amazing. Nope. Yeah, so it's a, this is a creature feature. Totally a Mike movie. Um, not a worm movie, but a monster movie. It's an alien <laughs> horror movie. 
Um, the entire thing is in Russian. So I would say to you, listener, don't be a lazy American and read some subtitles because the movie's fucking dope. Um, awesome creature design. Uh, and it's set in 1980s Cold War Russia. Very, very cool movie and a, a very different take on the alien body horror genre. So yeah, definitely it's fun. It's one of those movies that just flies under the radar, I feel like. Like, I think I watched it like two, maybe three years ago, like right when I had first come out. And it was like, I was just like blown away by like just the general story plot of the movie. It was like, I haven't seen like a movie like this before. And just the yeah. way that they did it was just perfect. It was so good. Such, And I, I feel like no one talks about it. It's awesome. There's a, there's a very big human element to the story that I won't spoil, but it's just, it's different. It's and it's, it's very interesting. So it's worth checking out for sure. And that's again, all, most of the, these are all streaming all this stuff. Cause I was just yeah. scrolling through my, my cues on all my uh, streaming apps. And I was like, you know what? It's now's the time to stream all these movies, babies. So let's fucking go. What was this, um, what was this on? Sorry. It's on Hulu. Hulu. Oh, great. Fandom. Yep. So yeah, check check go. that out too. Um, and then Matt, I'm sure you probably want to comment on this too. So I finally, and I would recommend this. Is, this would be a good double feature if you're looking for a uh, if you're looking to to you know watch a couple movies in one night. If you're looking for some found footage horror. Um, so I did get a chance to check out Deadstream, which is now streaming on <laughs> Shutter, and I also checked out Dashcam, which is streaming on Hulu. I watched them both in the same day. And I know you had some thoughts on uh, Deadstream, Maddie. Yeah, Deadstream. Uh, it was it kind of annoyed the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> the guy in it, did, but like then it kind of eventually it kind of gets to where I wanted it to go. Um, and it was yes. the last like the last like thirty minutes of it were pretty fun. Um, yes, it's just, you gotta you gotta wade through a lot of like this. It's like obnoxious like YouTube, Instagram, fucking influencer personality. So yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's definitely. It's got some laughs. It's got some very good yeah. practical effects. Some good jump scares. It's a it's a cool movie. It's definitely worth checking out. But uh, yeah, you, you're gonna have to make it through like the first like at least half hour, I would yeah. say, before it really starts to kick into high gear. Um, but it's cool, and I, I feel like the way you describe it, it like in a, it, th- these comparisons are out there. But it's like almost like Blair Witch meets like The Evil Dead. Yeah, that type of vibe to it. So it's fun. It's definitely a fun a fun little watch. That's on Shutter. And uh, so, Matt, I will say to you, yes, I found the main character in Deadstream to be incredibly annoying. <laughs> and the main character in Dashcam looked at that character and said, hold my fucking beer. Let me do an even more annoying performance, if that is wow. even possible. Damn. So Dashcam is directed by the guy. Did you guys see Host on Shutter, which is like the Zoom COVID horror movie? I did yeah, I heard heard so decent things, nothing like overboard, but like I heard it was pretty good. So I really liked that movie, and this is very similar to that. This movie is about a again a, a content creator who does live streams doing music out of her car, and the the actress, the main actress, is playing a fictionalized version of herself. Her name's Annie Hardy. Uh, she's in this band called Giant Drag. And the entire time, I, all I can think about, so she's featured on the weirdest Deftone song of all time. It's called Pink Cell Phone. It's off Saturday Night Wrist. Oh, yeah. Um, so she she is the she's the main character in the movie. And she's like this streamer that is a like like anti-vax, like COVID denier, like make America great again, hat wearing, like right wing nut. 
I don't expect you to say any of this. Dude, it's, it's a, it's, so it's a weird concept. So follow me here. So basically, she's out driving around in London. She steals her friend's car. Her friend is a like an Uber Eats driver. He goes, she goes to pick up some food, like just like basically to steal the food in his car that she's also stolen. And this woman is out back with this lady that's sick and says, Hey, I need you to take this lady to this address and I'll give you like several thousand dollars. Here's some cash. Take her to this address. And essentially the rest of the movie is her phone mounted to the dash, the dashboard of her car streaming the entire thing. And it gets absolutely fucking bananas. But you need to make it through about a good half hour, 40 minutes of bullshit to, to get to the point where it gets worth the investment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think Hulu? I liked it's on it's on Hulu. Um, I think these are of about the same level of quality because the endings are both absolutely bananas. They're very similar movies. Okay. I'll so, have to watch yeah. Host was good. I actually I liked Host yeah. better than both of those movies, Deadstream and and Dashcam. So, all right. So that's uh, yeah, Deadstream and Dashcam. And all right, my last my last recommendation. And I had a bold statement out in the group thread this morning that um, so this is available. Right, I know the day we're recording this episode's not going to be out. You'll hear it a few days later. It's available now. Um, I have long. Long, for, for a long time, I've been shouting my uh, fandom for the VHS series from the rooftops to anyone that'll listen. And the latest installment, VHS 99, is out now. And uh, I watched it today, again, on uh, Night Shift Duty with the baby. And oh my god, this is my favorite horror movie of the year, I think. Wow. Hands down. Yeah, it's heavy. Damn. It's a bold it's a bold statement. I obviously I think that Nope is a better made movie. I was about to say it nope is a, came out this year, dude. Like Yeah, it, it's a it's a So this again, this is this is my personal taste. I think if you were to watch this movie, you would understand uh why because there's five segments, they're all different and they're all insane and the effects this like this is definitely the one with the biggest budget and the most out there weird stories. And they all hit on different levels. So obviously, like you know, people are gonna. This is like this, I, I just prefer this this me personally to Nope. But I mean, it's like a one A one B scenario. But I, I just what I'm trying to say is that you need to check this movie out. And if you haven't seen any of the other VHS movies, that's fine because again, they're all anthologies. Each segment is different, so you can really just jump in wherever you want. And um, you know, they're all pretty goddamn good, but the last two that have come out, so the most recent one, VHS 99, and the one that came out last year, VHS 94, that one's also excellent, and they're both on Shutter right now. So go watch. I got to say, Mike, I'm not the least bit surprised because your love for the VHS movies is higher than anyone I know, which is nothing wrong with that because those movies are fucking awesome in general i didn't realize there was another vhs movie coming out so i'm actually excited to watch this now oh andrew if you if you if you don't go to bed after we're done podcasting tonight through throw this on you'll fucking love it they they lean very heavily into the 90s nostalgia and i think it's just funny because like there was a lot and it's still going on with like stranger things and everything but there was a you know a lot of 80s nostalgia going on for a long time and i feel like the 90s nostalgia is kind of reaching a fever pitch right now there's a ton of 90s stuff and well, dude, there's uh, get the more that's going to be a thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But like, so there's. I, I don't want to give this away. All I'll say is this: there is one segment in the middle of this movie. It's called Aussie's Dungeon, 
this is this is essentially a horror remake spoof uh homage to legends of the hidden temple from nickelodeon oh that's awesome um if you if you were to mix legends of the hidden temple with i don't even want to i don't even want to tell you with what else because it's just dude it takes so many twists and turns it's fucking awesome (laughs) one of the coolest things i've seen this year um, and the last segment is also like an A A plus, uh, and it's also uh, Matt. So it's directed and starring the same guy yeah, and same girl guy. from Deadstream. Yeah, I and they're he's much less annoying in this. I, I will say that. Sorry, what was that, Justin? Is Olmec from Le- Legends of the Hidden Temple? In? <sighs> so there is a variation. <laughs> there is a variation of a character like that in there, and you'll know it when you see it. Oh, obviously. Wow. But dude, it's wild. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. So I, I can't, I can't recommend VHS ninety nine enough. It's so cool. All right, and uh, yeah, that that exhaustive list is is what I have. Is there anything else that we missed, you guys? Anyone else got anything? Now so I did. Uh, now that we're like almost an hour into this bitch. <laughs> yeah, I did watch Hocus Pocus two, and uh, as a fan of ah. Hocus Pocus one since I was a little kid, I actually like truly enjoyed that movie. So bring Good. on the hate. I'm cool with it. Uh, but me and Audra both really liked it. I mean, it's not going to be probably an every year watch. Like the first one we usually throw on the 1st of October and then maybe yeah. toss it on in the background on Halloween night. Um, well, we're like, you know, probably three sheets to the wind at that point. But for the most <laughs> part, it's 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 really like, I don't know. It was fine. It was a good movie. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. Cat, cat, uh, cat liked it. Didn't love it, and I kind of felt I, I was not a huge fan. But um, I, 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 I appreciate that you liked it, though. Yeah, didn't love it. Liked it, but you know, it's it's something that they did. I get it, and they're definitely appealing to a uh, younger audience. It's a movie that got made for people to watch, for sure. Okay, well, I think if that is it, uh, why don't we take this opportunity? Sorry, what's up, Andrew? I just had one question. So I haven't seen the Netflix show The Watcher or anything about it. I was just curious um, if that has anything to do with the 2000 gem starring uh, Keanu Reeves. I don't know if you guys (laughs) that movie. (laughs) No, unfortunately, no. Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) If only Netflix would, you know reprise this absolutely perfect role but uh no unfortunately <laughs> it's about a couple letters being sent to a multi-million dollar mansion in new jersey ah. yeah it, 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 dude it, it is the creepiest one of the creepiest true stories you will hear like andrew if you there's a there's a huge article about it if you look it up it's like really it sounds, really scary it sounds familiar you saying that so i feel like i've heard about it now i just don't know what it was whether it was like it feels like it was something that was like on like unsolved mysteries or forensic files or something, but this was like recent that it happened. I think it was. Yeah, I think so. I th- I want to say it was like 2013, like around that time frame where the New York Times kind of released the maybe article from, from, from the family, like the, the family that it's based off of. Obviously, they take liberties, like everything's a little different in the show, but for the most part, that is what happened. That sounds right up my alley. Then I'm gonna have to check that out. It's good. Oh Actually, yeah, you gotta you, you gotta check it out. Yeah, the only the only thing that kind of gave me pause is the fact. So it's another Ryan Murphy show. So the guy, the mind yeah. behind American Horror Jesus Story Christ. and Jeffrey Dahmer and all that. So again, and my my big issue with his stuff is that it just kind of goes on too long. Um, that's, so I, 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 yeah, that's that's what happens. To be honest, okay, yeah, that's what episode, he does. 
almost didn't need to exist. It could have been a six episode show and really hit the nail on the head. But uh, yeah, see, that's I don't know if you saw the Jeffrey Dahmer show, but that's kind of how I felt about that. It, it just I, I feel like it could have it could have been resolved a few episodes earlier. I still liked yeah. it. I liked it a lot, but it just I feel like it went on too long. Yeah, we watched the Jeffrey Dahmer show. It was again, it's fun. <laughs> I like this. Uh, so right. Evan Peters was awesome. He was great. But... He was he was great. He was the best part of the show, obviously. Yeah. I'm gonna make you a bull pork sandwich. <laughs> Eat the sandwich. Take back your come complaint. on. I gave you a hundred dollars. Can't take that. So fucking weird. What a weirdo. Uh all right, cool. So why don't we take this opportunity here? Wow. So yeah, we really did have a lot to talk about, which is good. So I like I like this. Good conversation, you guys. Uh before we ju- uh before we jump into, I should say, Event Horizon, why don't we pause 90 seconds for a quick word from our sponsors? It's official. The critics' decision is in. Spooky World is spectacular. Enter the new black hole. If you dare. Or the new horror house of wax. This year, don't miss the real Jason, Bobby Pickett, or Alice Cooper. On the 24-hour Spooky World Hotline. 508-838-0200. That's 508-838-0200. Spooky World is just west of Boston and haunts every night from October 1st till November 1st. If you had the nerve, you'd phone 508-838-0200. It's America's horror theme park. Spooky World. Don't be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Biffle. Here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry-flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. The new face of evil is going to scare you to death. Barrett's Haunted Mansion, it's killer's year. Then be next door to the Abington Airlines. Eat, drink, and be scary. Go to bhmansion.com. And we're back. Hey, hey what's up, guys? We back. We back, baby. We back. All right. So we're talking about Event Horizon, which is a movie that we've tossed around uh, quite a few times, but we've never actually pulled the trigger and uh, followed through on this. And uh, am I to understand, uh, Justin, this was, uh, this was a request from you, right? Yeah, so I threw it in the pile just based on what Matt had told me you guys, you know, we're throwing a couple movies out there. Uh, I absolutely yeah. adore it. Excellent. So I, I, I tossed it in there and just to see if we could do it. Beautiful. And I, I could hear, uh, you know, the sounds of jubilation from the general direction of Andrew whenever it was decided that we were going to do this movie because I know that he really, really likes this as well. Um, right. am, I, am I correct, Mr. Andrew? Uh, I mean, people that besmirch this movie can go fuck themselves. This yeah. is probably <laughs> Sam Neill's best yeah i would say yeah uh, andrew andrew loves sam neil and rightfully so sam neil's a great actor so and this is uh dude hell hell of a role hell of a role in this movie so all right so with that being said um justin you are our guest i will give you the floor my friend talk to me about uh event horizon why you like it why you picked it and uh why people are still calling this uh one of the biggest cult classics around 25 years after its initial release 100%. So when I was a 
a young buck uh before like i really dove super deep into horror like obviously the classics were always there friday the 13th nightmare on elm street i always liked those movies but it was like really the thing event horizon these type of sci-fi horror movies that like fit into like my absolute like nerdum beyond horror um that like really clicked with so my dad uh watched this movie with me and my brother when we were super young and i don't know if my brother even like you know really absorbed it as well as i did this movie is nuts and like you know my dad watching it with us at that age he was just kind of like uh this is kind of pushing it boys but we're gonna let this we're gonna let this ride um and since then, it's literally stuck with me super hard. Broncos country, it's, let's ride. Let's ride. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Russ. Uh, he's really screwing me in fantasy. Just yeah, a side, side note. Yeah, he's absolutely smoking me. It's pretty. Dude, bad. He's such. Uh, <laughs> dude, he he's such he's such a fucking dork. I I had to throw <laughs> that in there. I know we're that, so far off topic. I'm sorry. I know, but that team should have been so good. Uh, so. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Besides that, the the movie itself. It just it it hits so hard for me. I think it's so scary. It's so like it it kind of feeds off that. It has the same vibe as Alien at the beginning, where it's just this like you know crew heading out into the unknown reaches of space. It just gives you this whole feeling of like what well, they're totally alone. There's no one that can help them. The only people that can help them are the others on the ship. And as they're getting kind of you know eliminated one by one it's it's tough you know it, it kind of like adds to the whole level of it um yeah so this movie just absolutely hits super hard for me with the thing probably being my favorite movie um it just it fits right into that category so this is a top tenor for me for sure oh i mean it's right up there i mean you want to talk about sci-fi thrillers there's very few i mean you got the thing alien um this is basically the shining in space like it's nice so good um, good comparison just, i didn't even think yeah, about it's that just, it's just a great the the characters are awesome the acting is phenomenal i mean the plot's a little kind of all over the place but everything else makes up for that like it's essentially um it's like your worst nightmare going into an altered dimension where you just have no idea what's going to happen and as it's happening, it just gets scarier and scarier. And it's like some of the visual effects in this movie are just phenomenal. Like Sam Neill just disembodying people, just his, with no eyeballs, just ripping people to shreds. <laughs> just, I, I just can't get enough of that. So, I mean, it's, it's a, to me, it's a perfect movie. Like, I feel like this movie gets so much slack, yet it's such a good movie. It's like Sphere. Sphere. It's uh, phenomenal, underrated. And I like that. Yeah, Sphere's a good movie too. Sphere's awesome. I love that. Fucking uh, Mark Wahlberg movie. Anytime, I'll take it. I don't care. Yeah, you you talking about the Mark Wahlberg Sphere? The one you're talking about? No, Sphere. Oh, Sphere. Uh, I was gonna say that's a <laughs> that's a weird comparison for sure. <laughs> what movie did? What, wait, what movie did you think we were talking about? I thought you no, no, no. Sphere. I would, oh, Sphere. Yeah, I thought, no, no. Okay, yeah. so, so all right. I'm not. I, I'm not the only one that heard that, Matt. I thought that's what I heard too. Never mind. Yeah, well, Sphere and Fear. Sound the same. You have to really pronounce the sphere. 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 The sphere. Yeah, I, I apologize. One one other thing. If you have young children, uh, you may realize that you may not get as much sleep as you uh, would hope to at certain points, which has been, uh, you know, the case that's with me over the last week. My, 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 my
Event Horizon and then you lost. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brain, my my brain definitely isn't functioning at full capacity right now, so I apologize. But I feel like the the Shining in space is a great great way to describe this I, that's movie. That's such Andrew. a good call. I didn't even think yeah. about that. I mean, it's what it is. I mean, I I dare you to tell me that Jack did a better job than Sam Neill. No. Sorry, that's a spicy take right there. That's, yeah, that's uh, like extra hot. Yeah, that's like that's like fire in the hole. Lucioso's pants shitting wing sauce level of fire right there. But uh, hey, it's what it's a uh, different. It's your your opinions. It's your uh, you know, when you have it, it's what, what am I trying to say here again? Sorry, brain not fully functioning. That's a weird opinion, but I respect it, I guess. Is that's, what a, I'm saying. that's a Felger and Maz take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. All right, awesome, Matt. What do you think about Event Horizon? I think Event Horizon's great. I think it has just enough 90s cheese. It's got like I love when movies that are like this serious and like technical have a character that still says like like funny lines. Like uh, what's his name? Cooper. When Cooper, he's just like yep. he's always he's always got the quips, dude. So uh it's just such a nineties trope that I always Richard, think is Richard funny. Richard T. Jones. Yeah. And uh oh yeah, Andrew, I will say if you think this is Sam Neill's best movie, then I challenge you to watch Possession from nineteen eighty one and then tell me it's his best movie. Because that is a Sam Neill performance that is unmatched. See, I don't know if I've seen that one. You'd know, dude. It's a wild movie. Possession. Uh, He's been in so many good roles. In the Mouth of Madness, obviously. Yeah. Oh, in the Mouth of Madness is great. Dude, don't forget Sam Neill. Sam Neill played uh, Damien in The Omen 3, too. Yep. And he was the dude in Jurassic Park. But anyway, uh, Event Horizon... Um, I love that it has these like very quick glimpses into like just complete and utter horrific chaos. Um, I guess there's like a bunch of footage that is like lost that they had that was like more of those like clips of like looking into like this hellish disaster that was the event horizon before they got there. And um, it's gone. Like, I think I don't know what happened, but they were like. I read an article about how it's like tragic that they will never be able to put that on to like a watchable vessel. So, yeah. So I'm I'm glad you actually brought that up. Um, So I guess, so when I was, when I was researching this a little bit of like the trivia about this movie, I saw, so basically I guess the initial cut of this movie ran for over 130 minutes and it was so graphically violent that uh, not only did like, the, the studio say, uh, no, 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 we're not doing this, but uh, apparently the test audiences did not uh, respond to it uh, very well either. Which, I mean, what a bunch of pussies. They should have just uh, yeah. sucked it up and uh, released it. <laughs> but yeah, I... Terrifier too. Yeah, right? Did you see that there's a, a petition going around to uh, get Terrifier 2 banned because of the level of violence in it? I oh, man, I haven't even watched it yet. That's Sounds driving like me nuts. people have to go F themselves. Like, it's not that bad. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've watched some pretty wild things. <laughs> Just yeah, to, I, still, like, I still haven't seen it, but... Have they it's, seen it's a movie, man. The original movie? Because, like, <laughs> there's no... There, there's no more gruesome of a scene than in the first one. What, what's the first appearance of Art the Clown? It, it's all Hell's Eve, correct? I mean, even yes. that is like like ridiculously violent. So like, Yeah, that movie's let's take, insane. Let's take a breath, you know? like yeah. it's You know what you're getting into at this point. That's the same thing as those people that faint at movie screenings. Like, stop being the world's <laughs> biggest loser ever. Like, 
be able to throw up fainting. You shouldn't be at a screening if you're going to faint. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be a little bit aware of your surroundings and, and kind of have a fucking clue as to the movie that you're actually seeing, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm looking this up on YouTube right now and I am seeing event horizon, deleted scenes, event horizon, uh, banned scenes because of excessive blood. I could have sworn that I had seen these at some point in time, but there was so, basically, I, I remember it was like a gigantic, like blood orgy and like all kinds of really oh, fucked up shit. If I remember correctly, there is like, there is somewhere a director's cut of it. I don't know if that's like just a kind of thing that people have pieced together with deleted scenes over time. Um, I don't know if that was actual, like a full blown, like sanctioned release from the studio, but I believe that someone has kind of pieced these together. Um, and a friend of mine, my buddy TJ had mentioned this to me, um, when he was, yeah, we were talking on the phone the other day, um, that the director's cut is like absolutely like bananas. And I was like, director's cut. I don't know if I've ever seen this. So I was kind of curious, but some of those deleted scenes, I, again, I could have swore I've seen before. I watched a bunch of them and they're all just like, uh, again, absurdly violent. It's just more time in that kind of chaos hell dimension that they've spent. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I feel like those are some of the more interesting scenes in the movie. It's just that, that depiction of hell. It's almost like something that you would expect. Like it, it's very like, you know, Dante's Inferno, like different levels of hell and just like yeah. absolute depictions of torture and chaos and absolute pain and suffering. It's so fucking weird and graphic, but it's so cool at the same time. And I feel like, I like this movie very much so. Yeah, I, I think you can definitely. And it's actually funny you bring that up, Matt. So I guess Clive Barker was a creative consultant on this movie. Oh, no shit. I didn't know that. I yeah, let me see. I'll, I'll find it. Hold on one second. Yeah, that's that's why Andrew loves it so much. <laughs> so I I just you know, like unibites and xenobites and sunibites and cinnabons, cinnabons, cinnabons. Here we go. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Clive Barker, whose uh, 1987 movie Hellraiser was a huge influence on the film, consulted on the project during pre-production. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. it's a. I mean. Like any piece into that hell, like dimension is just absolutely absurd. I mean, when they go back to it after they like kind of like put again, it's so funny the way like 1997, they're just like, let's just run this through a filter uh, to every single like clip of audio, footage, anything like that. The crew in the movie is just like, we'll just run it through a couple filters and it will clear up all the static and everything like that, and then it'll just be like a crystal clear picture of like a woman sticking her whole fist up a guy's ass and pulling his organs out. I'm like, alright, alright, like a couple filters, clear this up for you? Jesus. Yeah, like, Jesus. So, like, yeah. Brutal. But Fucking brutal. I think the design Ugh. of like the core, like the, the actual gravity core of this movie, the like the, the gravity drive that allows them to go to, you know, Bend space time. The design of it, it itself is like you look at it and you're like, wow, this is like kind of mesmerizing as it's just spinning around. And then every time it just like lines up, it's like, wow, this like they were smart about a lot of this stuff. It's metal as hell. It looks cool, but it just really like 
has that level of like I'm unsettled every time that they're in that room. I think the production design on this is definitely a highlight. It, it looks beautiful. I, now, with that being said, I don't think some of the CGI has aged very well. Um, oh no, no! Yes, and, which I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. But like the the like the shit floating around <laughs> when there's no yeah. gravity, like on, on the event horizon, is fucking the dude. It looks like something out of like a you know like a fucking 1990s like you know computer commercial it's like yeah, uh, so pre- when, pretty pretty bad when justin aka baby bear is walking into that room for the first time and he's like what's all this shit in the air and it shows it and he's just like kind of waving at the air to like knock it off his helmet i'm like all right this is yeah. this is brutal dude it it just like looks like shiny globs of toothpaste all over the place i'm like all right like this is a uh, this this is not doing the best. And the one thing that drives me absolutely bananas in this movie is when sometimes people are punched or something is thrown at them and you get the actual like punch sound effect. I'm like, this is so unnecessary. None of this needed to happen in this movie. Like, I don't know why they're doing this. One thing that made me laugh about this. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. I was just saying, that's just that like 90 cheese. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. One thing that made me laugh about this, uh, sorry, it, it, take, it does take a little bit of getting used to. We haven't done a, a full virtual recording in a while, so I feel like I, uh, I keep stumbling over people. I, I apologize for that. But um, one thing that made me laugh, so we were just talking about uh, Justin, the baby bear character, who uh, you know obviously does not die, but one of the cooler uh, potential death scenes in the movie. Um, the, the actor that plays him, his name is uh, Jack Noseworthy. What a fucking weird name. That's an odd one. Jack Noseworthy. So cool. Spongeworthy, but. Yeah, Spongeworthy. Exactly. Um, but I, I was just going to say, too. So when I, um, again, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a while. And Justin, you were talking about this movie and The Thing uh, kind of being like your two favorite sci fi horror movies. So oh, sure. I, uh, you know, and having not seen this for a while, I kind of you know, needed to be refreshed on some of like a lot of the things that happened in it. I'm glad we're talking about it now, but like, I always was reminded of this movie, like either playing or like seeing footage from like the dead space video games. I don't know if any of you guys have ever played any of those or if yeah. you're familiar with that franchise, uh, but essentially, yeah. So yeah, dead space is like essentially combining those two properties. It's like, a, it's an original story, but it's got elements of the thing <clears throat> elements of event horizon and they're actually, I think they're either remaking the game or they're remastering it. And I thought I heard something about there being a movie in development, but I feel like th- basically, oh, that would be so awesome. What what a pairing that would be. So the big room, so John Carpenter just came out recently saying that he, he does still have full interest in doing a Dead Space movie. Um, but they are, they're, they're doing like a full ground up remake of the first game. Fuck yeah. In which uh, Isaac the entire time is going to talk and have actual dialogue about like what's going on. and But that movie, it, it, it does, I'm sorry, that game 100% lends to this. And that's, I think that's why I liked it so much when I was younger playing it. I, that, oh, that for game sure. is phenomenal. It's so It's good. a scary and, game. It's really scary. And even at parts where you think it won't be scary, where you're just you know peacefully riding in an elevator, you kind of get that aspect of like i'm seeing a ghost of my past like a lot of the crew members in event horizon are experiencing the entire time so as 
you know, as this movie progresses, you're starting to see more and more of this going on. Like, you know, obviously Captain Miller, Lawrence Finchberg's character, he's seeing just constantly just like, you know, you let me burn, like, you know, and he's feeling the heat and it's just like, it kind of starts like, wow, like, woof, this is starting to like hit me pretty hard because this guy, like, you just think it's like, in a way, they're just attributing it all to like PTSD of like traumatic events that have happened to everybody. But like, just the like when he's like, I could feel the heat. I'm like, whoa, like, all right, what's going on here? Obviously, now that I've seen this movie, like, you know, 50 times, I'm, you know, not as shocked by that. But it's just something that's always like resonated with me, like of like, they really do a good job of having the characters be like, no, that was real. I could touch that. Like, I could feel that person in front of me. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I, I, I think, you know, when we're talking about like influence, like the, the level of influence this movie has had on whether it's like something like Dead Space, um, I, I think it just speaks to the level of cult classic that this movie falls into because it was not very well received when it first came out, um, lost a good amount of money at the box office and, sure. you know, was considered to be a failure, which, again, I, I think that that, you know... I feel like the 90s as a decade, and we kind of talked about this a little bit back when we did our draft, kind of needs to be reevaluated at certain points because I feel like the level of horror fandom wasn't quite as high as it is nowadays. And I feel like the people that were reviewing horror movies at that time were not fans of the genre and were, you know, as consequently were harder on some of these movies. Like I, 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 I don't think that you as an objective viewer, unless you have some sort of an ax to grind can look at this movie and, and at least not think that this is an interesting movie. That's doing some cool things with some very good special effects. This is a very good movie. I feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely got a bad rap when it first came out. I mean, it is rightly like being recognized as a cult classic. You know, say that again, Andrew. I said, if people like that trash movie, Titanic, then how do you not? like? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess good point. Two very different movies, but you know. For the psychological thrillers, like, don't forget, Mike, what was that movie we talked about? Deep Rising? Awesome. Deep movie. Rising. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yep, that's, that's, some, that's some 90s horror cheese right there. Another worm movie. Oh, yeah. Billy Zane. Billy, uh, yeah, yeah, Billy Zane. Oh, man. Bordello of Blood. Wait, is Billy Zane Bordello of Blood or is he in the other Tales from the Crypt movie? Demon Knight, that's right. Yeah, Demon yeah. Knight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but Bordello of Blood is fucking Dennis Miller. Ugh, that movie stinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, did you guys know that they apparently were talking about making a TV series based on Event Horizon? Yeah, did this recent as as I guess as recently as 2019 they were talking about this and uh, oh, I guess wow. Adam yeah Adam Wingard was going to be the the guy to executive produce it so he did that was and Amazon were supposed to make that movie I mean yeah sure. sign sign me up for that Adam Wingard's pretty good he did uh, your next he did the guest which is an awesome fucking movie um I love that movie. He did the Blair Witch Legacy sequel, Godzilla vs. Kong, Death Note. He also was involved in some of the VHS movies, which, you know, I've talked about those enough already today. Yeah, um, I actually liked um, the Blair Witch Legacy sequel. Not like a ton, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty scary. I enjoy. I saw that in theaters. I thought it was pretty tight. Yeah, it's a, not a bad movie by any means. That says this one should be thrown in some people's October rotation for sure. Oh, for sure. Faux show. All right. I would like uh, more. Let's... I'd like more out of this franchise if possible. I would too. I I feel like obviously, like we said, 
So look, just to give you some numbers here, because I, I did make a point to write this down. So, okay, so this movie is written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, not to be confused, obviously, with Paul Thomas Anderson, two very different filmmakers. <laughs> um, but Paul W.S. Anderson, you may know him. Uh, he's, I'd say, probably the most famous for directing the Resident Evil films. And he also directed the first Mortal Kombat film, which... You want to talk about 90s nostalgia cheese. Holy shit. I actually really enjoy the Mortal Kombat movie. But that movie that movie fucking rules and so does like the first 3 Resident Evil movies. So I I don't I think I've only seen like the first Resident Evil movie. I I I admittedly have not seen like any of those sequels. So like 2 kind of sucks to be honest, but it's fine. It, it's still fun. But Afterlife, I think, is the name of the third one. That one is like just balls to the wall action, which is zombies everywhere. And I actually love it. And then they all get attacked by crows at one point. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is kind of off the rails. <laughs> like it, all of those movies are off the rails and you just got to treat them for what they are. Okay. All right. I, I mean, hey, shit, I'd, I'd go back and check those movies out. Um, obviously, the Resident Evil movies star uh, Mila Jovovich, I believe is how you pronounce it, right? Mila Jovovich, Jovovich. Um, my man Paul W.S. Anderson married to Mila Jovovich. Oh. Yeah, Aichi Wawa. Aichi Wawa, Paul W.S. Anderson. Video game, then the Resident Evil movie. Yeah, right. Other than maybe Silent Hill, those games are pretty fucking scary. Dude, the Silent Hill movie is awesome too. Yeah, they're remaking they're remaking a bunch of those Silent Hill movies. Apparently, yeah. Like, um, I'm sorry, the uh, the video games. Like according to a press conference they did literally yesterday. Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, I did I did hear about that. So yeah, I guess my my man Paul W S Anderson just playing video games, making movies about him, and then just packing a fucking huge Hogan for Mila Jovovich. What a life, huh? What a fucking life. All right. Uh, oh, so oh, what I was looking at. Uh, so the budget for Event Horizon was $60 million, $1997, and it only returned $42 million. So that is a loss of nearly $20 million. Yeah, so that's why we haven't seen any sequels or anything like that. But obviously gained a huge, as, as we were talking about, a huge cult uh, status and cult following. Uh, almost 25 years later, which is insane to think that this movie came out um, that long ago. So I think that movie is due for a re-release in theaters, and people would fucking flock. Oh yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd go 100. percent Yeah, me too. Well, I just think, just in general, people that haven't seen that movie, you put that movie out now, and it would do so much better. I think that a found footage style prequel would be very cool. Oh uh, yeah, it just would. Even, I mean, even That's a follow-up. Even a yeah. follow-up where, like, the you know, whatever company or organization they're working for, I can't remember the name right now, uh, just sends them right out back to, yeah. like, the remains of the Event Horizon. All good ideas. I mean, you could even do, like, a prequel set on the ship with the first crew. You could do a prequel about Sam Neill's character and how he came to, you know, design the ship and, you know, basically all the crazy elements that were in his mind when he designed it and what he was looking to do. And also, so I, I meant to mention this earlier, um, but we probably got off on a tangent about, you know, Paul W.S. Anderson's uh, marital situation. But, his, uh, his, his, his Hogan, yeah. His <laughs> Hogan. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, obviously, like, H.P. Lovecraft, his stories have kind of had a major resurgence in recent years. 
This is a very Lovecraftian horror movie, for sure. Yeah. Just about an absolute descent into madness. And when you experience that madness, there's really no coming back from that. And you are just fucked for the rest of your life, which is a, you know, a central recurring theme in many of H.P. Lovecraft's stories. So I feel like through that lens, there's even a different way you can look at it now. Because, you know, this is a, a science fiction space horror movie that has no aliens. It's just all, you know crazy people and other dimensions and warped space time and black holes and all kinds of crazy sci-fi shit, but it works very, very well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like there's definitely many reasons that this has, again, has the cult following that it has. And, you know, the Lovecraftian influence, I think is a huge one for me. So. Yeah. It has like yeah. a fairly similar vibe to like in the mountains of madness. Yep. Where you're just watching a whole team just kind of dissolve in front of itself blow it <laughs> really blow it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for like two guys like honestly i think like throughout the movie you're just like all right uh i guess you know cooper and uh lawrence fishburne for the most of the movie <laughs> yeah lawrence for the most of the movie is it dj no yeah, i think he's two british guys are pretty yeah funny. yeah 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 those are the two guys that are like, dude, get me the fuck out of here. And then I, I think it's Cooper who uh, lasts pretty damn long. I think he lasts the entire movie. Yeah, I think he. He's sense. like, all right, this is this is fucked. And then the one British guy that's like searching for the bomb at the end of the movie. You're like, he all right, it. this the, the entire time he's like, get me the fuck out of here, man. Like, I just I cannot do this. This is stressing me the fuck out. And then uh, obviously he meets his demise in a fiery end. Well, you would think it's like being in space and having anyone be like, yo, some not so chill shit is going down. Like, every, like you're in space. Dude. Like, you yeah. don't know. Oh, what the, the fuck second, the second they enter that ship, he's like, nope. Yeah, same. Nope. <laughs> he's like, I'd rather be out there, dude. I'd rather like just be like facing the elements out in space. Yeah, this if is a fucking insane. Fucking Sam Neil came at me and been like, we need to stay on the ship. I'd be like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of yeah, here, guys. Yeah. What are you yeah. talking about? Fuck the, this. He's dude. so he's so good. Like after he has, you know, I in, this is full spoiler territory. I mean, we're already like pretty deep into it, but like when he peels his own eyes out and is sitting in that captain's oh, chair, yeah, and he's just like, Miller, we can't leave. I'm like, all right, <laughs> wow, <laughs> like, dude, you are like, you are losing it. He commits to the bit. Oh, one hundred certainly does. And when he comes back and like even that scene when he climbs into the like infrastructure of the ship itself to like replace one of the, you know, again, oh yeah, super like, 90s yeah. cheese where they're like, there's something wrong with this specific circuit breaker. And he's like, I better go inside and figure out which one it is. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, even, even that scene though, like, yeah. It's just cool oh, when looking, he, though, because that's like when you're in yes, the hallway, it's yes. just like all green. Like, yes. it's, it's, it looks cool. And he's crawling through and he just keeps he like keeps hearing like Sam, Sam. And it's just like him like looking Sam all around Neil. like Yeah. He's like Sam Neil. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's me, it's me, it's Sam Neil. It's not me, Dr. William Weir. It's Sam. I, I don't know. <laughs> Going with Sam Neil hard. But James Dr. Grant. And it will when he uh when he turns and like she's just standing there with her eyes out and she's just like look at what you've done to me i'm like whoa <laughs> dude this is fucking nuts yeah well that's the thing this is like kind of the question that you can come this is why like i think it's a good comparison to call it the shining in space because it's like yeah. was he always like was this his plan 
Or was like, did he go crazy as they were being exposed to this? Like, so when he energy. as they're first like arriving there, this is like my at least my perception of the movie. Like when when they're first arriving there, I think he's already so just when he figured out how this would all work. I think there was almost like a pull, like a compulsion to like what he had to do, and I yeah. think that directly is like derived from like you know the gravity drive being like oh dude come into this chaos dimension because it's going to like not only ruin your life as you're making it but beyond that point as well so basically just a man that had lost everything in his life and all he really had was the ship that he created and he finally has a chance to be aboard this ship and figure out what happened and he's not going to let anything get in his way of connecting with the love of his life that he lost. Like he was just so yeah. dug in on, I'm figuring this out. I don't care yeah. if everyone else dies. This is what's happening. So with him, madness. with him being like, I'm so, I was so like enamored with my work that it allowed, you know, it caused me to, you know, neglect my wife. And then she took her own life and like X, Y, and Z. Like she was going through so much, like, you know, I, it's just so crazy when he actually gets there and he starts seeing her around and like throughout the beginning of the, I, I, so this is why I think like he was driven to it, like beyond that. Cause I feel like she had, you know, un, you know, committed suicide, unfortunately before the actual work was done, then the ship takes off. And then when he is, when the Lewis and Clark is going to try to find the event horizon, um, as he's heading up there, he has all the pictures of her on the wall. And he's already experiencing the like dream. Hey, are, yeah, exactly. Where he's just like, she's just like, she's like, hey, like, are you here? Like, it's Sam you know, Neil. it's Sam Neil. I, <laughs> you were in Jurassic Park. You're almost Jeff. Jeff Goldblum was shirtless in that movie at one point. He was unbuttoned. Sam Neil, it's me. Remember, remember, it's, it's remember? me. It's me, <laughs> Joseph Mazzello. I read all I your dinosaur books. Like, like, <laughs> was like, I was like, is this Laura Dern? And it's not. It <laughs> no. <looks. laughs> it does look like Laura Dern. Since, since we're all kind of uh, fawning here over over Sam Neill's performance, you want to you hear something interesting that I just found out? You know who uh, was originally in talks to play that character before Sam Neill signed on? Tom Hanks. <laughs> go ahead, Andrew. Guess. I'm going to go with Mel Gibson. Okay. <laughs> Any other guesses? Another Australian. I like Tom yeah. Hanks. Uh, so you'll this this actually makes sense. Uh, Jeremy Irons. Oh, oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, good. not a bad. No, wouldn't have been a bad choice. But obviously, He's Sam Neill is pretty iconic in this role. I feel like that's right. you know they're they're, sim- they're kind they're similar actors. Do not do it. no. We don't get to compare. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Sorry, Andrew. Hold on. I mean, I like Die Hard and everything, but you know. Oh boy. Oh, wow. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Um, so let's see. Uh, Event Horizon, by the way, came out in the year 1997. You guys want to talk about some of the other horror movies that came out in 97? Oh, yeah, that's rock. Decent year. Actually, decent year here. So I got a, I got a couple good ones. Um, this one, not so much. Uh, Alien Resurrection, which Ooh. might be my mm. least favorite alien film. Yeah. I don't even think might. It, it is my least favorite alien film. That movie yeah, stinks. So yeah, that came out in '97. Uh, not great. 
Uh, another movie that's actually not great. So we're not off to a great start here. Um, Matt, I know how much you love an American werewolf in London. Have you ever seen an American werewolf in Paris? No. Uh, All right, okay. Only because I've heard it was so fucking whack. So yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna hard disagree. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so I actually think this movie is funny as hell. And I think it's like almost in the category of like Shaun of the Dead-esque, where it's not in like Shaun of the Dead is obviously intending to be a comedy movie, but American Werewolf in Paris is like actually pretty funny, and like they kind of play into the bit a little bit. Obviously, American Werewolf in London is like they're intending to have like jokes in that movie. That movie is perfect. That is a great yeah. movie. American Werewolf in Paris is more of like a just if you like '90s cheese, this is the film for like it is just really up there. It's up its own ass, and it's pretty funny. So I actually kind of enjoy this movie. This movie should just be called American Werewolf and Brie. Yeah. There's a lot of rave scenes. A lot of rave scenes in this movie. And it's like kind of funny because they're just like, remember the 90s? Weren't you all like (laughs) just like sucking on binkies and dancing? And it's like, nah, not okay. I mean, not really. But that was pretty much the point of them. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page here for American Werewolf in Paris, and I can tell you that the uh, the soundtrack's actually pretty dope. You got some Bush, Better Than Ezra, Cake, uh, fucking, of course, The Prodigy because it's a rape movie set in the '90s, so The Prodigy's on. And it's Skinny Puppy, Suicide Machines. Um, also, was not aware that the werewolf, the said werewolf in Paris, uh, played by East Bridgewater's own Tom Everett Scott. <laughs> I did know, not dude. know that. I actually, did, I actually yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, apparently. Oh uh, yeah, so he's from East Bridgewater. He's been in a bunch. Didn't know that. Just shit. He's like, he's like one of again. Andrew always makes fun of me because these are the types of useless pieces of trivia that I remember here. But he's one of those guys that, like, if you saw him, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know that fucking guy. But Mike's a moron. He's <laughs> he's got a weird brain, pretty much. So yeah, that's an American werewolf in Paris. That's analysis that you'll get nowhere else but on American uh, America's hometown horror podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, a movie I quite enjoy from 1997, uh, maybe solely for the fact uh, that it has John Voight trying to play a guy from South America, and that would be Anaconda. Talk about That movie is yeah. Oh, that movie's awesome. yeah, oh yeah, that's uh, it's a it's a little problematic, but I mean, dude, fun little monster movie. J Lo, Ice Cube, John Voight. I mean, Owen Wilson's in this movie. Owen Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. He gets eaten. Yeah, I, I like Anaconda. Anaconda is a fun movie, but uh, yeah, let's see. Who directed Anaconda? Uh, Luis Losa. Luis. He's a Peruvian film director. I would say to you, Luis, uh, maybe hire someone from Peru or someone from uh, South America and not to do with He was probably like, really? John Voight is the guy? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, oh my god, uh, I, that always cracks me up. But actually, you know, Anaconda is a pretty fun time, and it's always nice to look at uh, J Lo from the '90s. Actually, good to look at J Lo any time frame. Um, and so, Ice Cube, <laughs> and Ice Cube too. Ice Cube's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, let's see what else came out in '97. Oh, Matt, this is probably a movie that you've seen, or I know. So this is one that I, I always hear uh, Rebecca McKendry talk about on Colors of the Dark all the time that I've never seen. It's uh, Cube Vin- by Vincenzo Natali. Oh. I haven't hey, seen Cube. Cube's but... actually pretty good. Okay, yeah. I've never seen it. I gotta check it out. Again, don't go into it like expecting the world, but it is like actually a, a decent movie. Okay. 
Okay, and, fair and enough. My wife just texted me and said uh, she overheard us down the hall. She claims <laughs> that American Werewolf in Paris is a, is a better movie than London, and that it's her, it's the best movie what? of all time. She's lying. She's pulling up. Like, <laughs> she loves. Has that she movie. has she never seen the nineteen ninety nine Stephen Summers classic, The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser? Is what <laughs> the question well, that I would so, pa- posit to her. <laughs> I actually. I like a, uh, the mummy is a big uh, big hit in our house because I like to walk around the house going emo tip. <laughs> I knew tip. I knew there was a big reason I liked you. Yeah, emo tip, emo tip. So that would be kind of uh, rules. I like it's, it's, remove, remove, re, re, remove the word kinda, and then you have your answer. <laughs> <laughs> rules, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to. This uh, Mummy Three Tomb of the Dragon Emperor was uh, not the best, but hey. not not great, not great. But oh, dude. So wait a second. But how how we did not talk about this? Maybe maybe just I don't know if anyone I I forgot about it, and I don't know if anybody else saw this. So Brendan Fraser right now is obviously going on this huge uh renaissance tour right now because of his performance in that darren aronofsky movie the whale he's they're saying he's gonna win all the major awards i can't wait to see that i love brendan fraser he just seems like he's uh, about that that people are very upset that he was not actually a whale when he He deserves (laughs) he deserves all the roses man why does anybody care Right, now, I mean, he, it's, he just that he's just not a giant fat person. Weren't you a yeah. big fat person? <laughs> well, so yeah, is he a great big fat person? Uh, well, not only so I, I did see that Andrew, and not only is he not fat uh, like the character in the in the in the movie, but also the character in the movie is gay, and Brendan Fraser isn't gay, so they're both you know both communities were I guess slight. I don't know if outrage is the correct word, but. I don't know. Whatever. That's that's a whole different story for a whole different podcast, I, I presume. But what I was trying to say was, so he's been kind of, you know, getting interviewed all over the place and doing the film festival circuit and getting a ton of standing ovations. And he was asked recently about the potential for reprising his role as Rick O'Connell in The Mummy 4. And he said he would be open to it if that's the good. opportunity presented itself. Yeah, so I good. say, Broncos country, let's fucking ride, let's baby. Ride. Let's ride. Give me, give me the mummy let's four, ride. baby. <laughs> oh my I God. have only one problem with that, though, is he's not technically a mummy. So maybe that he is, shouldn't. That's true. Uh, I also, he, I know he had a lot of injuries doing his own stunts. He is definitely not in the same shape that he used to be in. So I would, it would be interesting to see you know, how he's playing that stud Rick O'Connell all these years later. We have to see. We shall see. Some hair transplant, but he'll be all yeah, right. yeah. He had a great head of hair in the Mummy movies. Sick, oh, sick good. flow. Just absolute lettuce. So, yeah. and in, in Tino Man, he had a great head of hair too. So, just yeah. a great actor. Let's really get the really Rock. Good. Let's get the Rock back at the Scorpion King. What do we say? Oh, you, you kidding me? Too? <laughs> he would absolutely do that. They're saying that Black Adam movie that he's in is bombing. It's getting terrible yeah. reviews. So, yeah, I, it's that looks like a stinker. Yeah, yeah. Not great. Um, okay, where was I here? Oh, here's an Andrew movie from 1997. Uh, the Devil's Advocate, talking about Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Well, can we not talk about a better movie? Like, that's one of the best movies. That's, that's a great that's movie. So yeah. underrated. Really, really good movie. Al Pacino. Al phenomenal. Yep, so... Devil's Advocate, 97, very good movie. Uh, yeah, actually, I rewatched this movie recently. Not The Devil's Advocate, but the next one I'm about to talk about here, which is I Know What You Did Last Summer, 
and uh, has not aged that well. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Um, if you're a fan of one Jennifer Love Hewitt, as I uh, very much was in the 90s, this is a movie for you. And uh, I can guarantee you there's two good reasons to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her and uh, but it's it's definitely got that like this is like uh, dude. I know what you did last summer was one of those peak like '90s horror movies up there with like, screams. It's got like the you know the 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 cast of like Freddie Prince Jr., Ryan Phillippe, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Geller, all the girls that have three first names and their names like you know just it's I don't know. It's not it's not that great. It's also not that horrible. So. That's I know what you did last summer. Um, a movie that I really like because it's about gigantic insects that attack and kill people. And uh, this one actually gets some respect put on its name because it was directed by Guillermo del Toro's Mimic. Tell me you guys have seen Mimic. Ooh, Mimic's awesome. I have, Mimic's I have really not, actually. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, I've never seen Ooh. it. All right, so it's streaming HBO. somewhere right now. Yeah, it's streaming. Got to check it out. HBO. All right, yeah, yeah let's rock. Dude. Yep. That's, that's added yep. to the list. Put up, no problem. Check out Mimic. Yeah, I'm doing um, it right Matt, now. You, you, uh, you must have heard of this one, Matt, being the Stephen King head that you are. Have you ever seen the movie adaptation of The Night Flyer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I haven't seen it's, that. Uh, okay. It's an interesting movie. A um, it's actually like, so the, the it's about, I'll say the creature designing it is, is very interesting. And uh, that's another one of those movies that you, if uh, you know, you just happen to come across it and you weren't expecting much, I think you'd be pretty pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And a very underrated Stephen King short story. Is that a Mick Garris joint? Ah, uh, it very well may be. I know it's starring Miguel Ferrer, who is uh, another yeah. one of those actors that you would uh, see and be like, oh, yeah, that guy. He's like the, the main villain in like fucking blank check. <laughs> and he's in a bunch of other shit. Mark Potter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favorite movie from 1997 might be The Relic. Okay. Ooh. With Tom Sizemore? Tom Sizemore, Penelope and Miller. That's a good monster movie right there. And obviously, you know that I love my monster movies. So The Relic, uh, the Relic is a uh, sneaky, underrated movie there. Uh, let's keep rolling here. We also got in 1997 Scream 2, which I think is probably one of the better movies in the Scream franchise. Not a bad sequel. Yeah. Do you guys have any love for Scream 2? Oh, yeah. I like Scream 2. Okay. Excellent. I'm going to do it. All right, and then to round out 97, a couple of uh, out there weird movies that are definitely pretty cool, um, definitely have their own aesthetic, and uh, two movies that I think either are already in the process of being rebooted here or are ripe for reboots. Uh, first of which is Spawn. Now, I know Spawn is getting rebooted, and Jamie Foxx is actually going to play Spawn, so that's supposedly happening. Um, and the, sec the second movie is Wishmaster. Uh, Wishmaster's awesome. Right? I love it. Yeah, I, I knew I knew you'd perk right up for Wishmaster, Andrew. That's a good movie. Yeah, nothing so, wrong with that. They're going to remake that, but even better. Apparently, or I, I know that there's been talks of a uh, of a remake of Wishmaster, but so we shall see what happens. If I had a Wishmaster, I would ask for a remake of that movie. Say it again. I said if I had a Wishmaster, I would ask ah. for a remake of that movie. I see what you did there. I like that. Yep, I see what you did there. Obviously, I I forgot that, that movie was navigate. Uh, excuse me, navigated. Uh, what an idiot! Narrated, I should say, by uh, the tall man Andrew Angus Scrim. Did you know that? Of course you did. I Whoa. Not why that's so good. <laughs> and then all, like all the all the main slasher guys are in it. I think yeah, Robert Englund's in it, right? And uh, Kane Hodder's in it. 
Tony Todd. I think Tony Todd's in it too. So give me all the people you can. Yeah. Yeah, and that would be Wishmaster. So that's uh, th- those are some of the bigger the bigger releases from 1997. I don't know if there's anything I, I missed there, but one, uh, yeah. one off. One. Oh yeah, Matt, go ahead. I got funny games. Yeah. Mm. Ah. Okay. All right. That's a fucking dagger. That movie. Didn't did did I just did I just see that you just rewatched that, Matt? Uh that was just my post for the day for October. Yeah, that movie's uh, fucked up, dude. Yes, it Justo, is. Is that what you were gonna say? No, actually, I have another one. Um, the other movie I was going to throw out there was Perfect Blue. Uh, it's a Japanese anime film I about a pop star. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's so um, a, it's a good movie. Go ahead. It's about a pop star that uh, basically has a stalker that becomes obsessed with it. Um, and, okay. Uh, she slowly goes insane, um, and it's just it's it's just like. It, it's a very it's a it's a really good movie. I I actually like that movie a lot. Um, I watched it. Uh, I want to say a couple of years ago. I haven't rewatched it since. I, I definitely something I need to add to my list. Um, but Perfect Blue, really good, really good movie. So I was trying to think about where I had heard of that before, and so that's Matt. That's another movie that Rebecca was talking about on Colors yeah. of the Dark. Yeah, so that's where I had heard of it before. But that is yeah, that's on Shutter right now. So I'll have to check yeah. that out. I'm oh, not. I, I'm awesome. Admittedly not. I am not a huge anime guy. Um, Me neither. You know, not the, just I, I just haven't watched a lot of it. I would certainly be willing sure. to check a lo- like some of it out, but uh, maybe that'll be the one I, I delve into here. So, in like the realm of like uh, in the realm of Japanese horror and like because um, yeah, there's this absolute bangers in Japanese horror. Um, again, like Matt, you and me were discussing over text the other day. Once you get over the subtitles, a lot or dubbing, depending on what you're yeah. watching, a lot of the um, you know, movies in you know live action. Um, they're they're kind of easy to watch, and like a lot of them are great. And it's just something that we miss. Like a lot of the Italian and French films, I haven't watched. Um, so that's something I'm missing. But like as a fan of anime in general, the I'm not like a huge you know like diehard guy, but like a lot of them, I I truly enjoy. So when it comes to like you know some of the horror anime stuff like that, I actually like I gravitate towards it pretty quickly. There's a dead dead space anime, um, but the perfect blue. Okay, movie, I I actually recommend highly. It, it's very good. It's not that long, and it's just like a quick jammer. And the animation is beautiful. It came out in 1997, you know, and but it so a lot of it more than usual is like hand drawn animation. So you really like can appreciate the fact that like people are like actually like you know painstakingly like going over each one of these little scenes so yeah i like that movie a lot definitely recommend it I'll okay check it out. me too yeah oh that reminds me talking about animation on shutter i completely forgot to mention this at the top of the show here um matt and justin i think you both talked about pop and edibles earlier i would recommend to you <laughs> pop an edible and throw on uh mad god on shutter oh yeah i've watched that it's dude it's it's uh stop motion dude it yes is fucking yes. wild holy who shit did, it was so that, cool who did that movie uh let Phil me look it up Pippen? right now i think it's Phil mad Pippen. god uh dude it was it was wild like i've kind of been pretty sober the entire month yeah. of october and sure. i was like god sure. damn i wish i had uh i had popped a little five milligram thing before i started watching this <laughs> this was uh yeah so directed uh produced and i believe animated by phil tippett so he basically phil is Tip. a uh okay yeah so he's a he's a basically an oscar and emmy award-winning visual effects supervisor yes and, like puppeteer too yeah yep 
Uh, worked so, on uh, Jaw, excuse me, Jurassic Park, RoboCop, Starship Troopers, uh, Star Wars movies, Indiana Jones movies. So he's put in his work. Wow. Awesome. So I remember this movie was recommended to me or, or brought to my attention initially by a buddy of mine named Nate. Um, and he like huge horror fan. Um, I definitely I'm going to have to mention that this came up um, because he was yeah, like, so, so hyped for this movie. Um, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to pass this. Along. You guys mentioned that. But I, I, I like I watched the trailer for this movie and it is gross. Like, yeah, yeah um, it's um, it's very, very, very. Uh, the the, the animation is just weird and off putting and so, gross is a good way to describe it. Yeah, I think it's the ABCs of Death, the first ABCs of Death. I believe I I want to say it's D. The letter D in that movie is like a stop motion animation, um, where it's just the guys are just basically being like you pray for life like over and over again or something like that and it is a, a disturbing like claymation little thing that like to this day i think about relatively often because i'm like this is gross dude like i don't like this like at all like i can't believe that that is something i like consumed with just being like you know like, very why excited. am i watching this yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I thought Mad God was pretty cool. It's definitely fucking weird, but if you like animation, um, definitely, definitely give it a go. Yeah, check and it it's on, it's on Shutter. So, I think Justin, I, what, 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 uh, what we've been trying to convey to you for most of this episode is that you definitely need to give, uh, give Shutter, yeah. pull the trigger on Shutter, my man. There's a lot yeah. out there on there right now, so. We're going to sub up. Like, I mean, Audra's probably going to strong army into it anyway, so we're just going to have to pull the trigger on it. Peacock, I think we'll just do the free trial for to just try to watch Halloween ends and then you know, cancel. Uh, I think you're, 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 you'd be fine there. I think, honestly, yeah. of the main streaming services, I think Peacock might be the worst. Um, it has like the yeah. least exclusive content, um, and the app, to be frank, sucks. It, it's, it blows. Yeah. I love I like I love The Office. I love Parks and Rec, but like I I don't really need to rewatch those much. again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, all right, excellent. All right, uh, let's see here, man. We are uh, we are really flying through this here, um, guys. I think that's about all I have on Event Horizon. Is there anything else that you uh, we want to talk about related to Event Horizon? Or are we ready to uh, sail off into the sunset here? Uh, just I'm... a quick statement that I think that movie is fucking phenomenal and people should really give it a chance. Uh, I understand it's full of cheese and there's a couple corny parts, but that movie is very good. Agreed. I think it's worth it. I echo that, that sentiment. Yeah. yeah. I echo Criminally underseen movie. Like movie. You can go fuck yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> the line that will live in infamy from Matt. If you don't like this yeah. movie, fuck yourself. <laughs> And Phantasm, yeah, Phantasm's yeah. pretty good too. I haven't brought up Phantasm all night. So <laughs> while we're on the, uh, we almost made it a, t- a two-hour episode. We almost made it without you mentioning Phantasm. Once. I didn't mention it. I brought it up. I, I brought actually, it up. I, I think I brought it up too because I, uh, yeah, I talked about Angus Scrim actually script. too. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah, so that's on me. All right, excellent. So yeah, Event Horizon, go watch it along with the 85 other movies that we recommended at the top of the show. Um, (laughs) But hey, it's October. Watch some spooky shit. Enjoy yourself. Treat yourself to some spooky times. That is what the season is all about. I mean, it's uh, pretty much that season last year round for us. Um, as I'm sure you know, if you are a fan of this show, you know that we uh, come back each and every week to give you new horror content, whether it be about movies or haunted attractions or 
fantasy-style drafts, which we haven't really done one of those in a while, or other random horror musings about weird things that we like to talk about. And uh, yeah, that's what we do. So uh, if you're looking for a new podcast platform, what I would say is uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, wherever else you may get your podcast. And we'll also be listening to us now next week and the week after and the week after that so that's what i have to say about that and i also want to say thank you to our co-hosts tonight which again have been matt uh and andrew cat should be back in the coming weeks we welcome her return and of course i need to say a big big thank you to justin justin it has been a real pleasure having you on man it has uh, been a lot of fun talking hard with you we should do this more often uh, guys, yeah, anytime, yeah. literally anytime you want me on, I'm down. And then uh, let's get some beers. You know, it's funny. I was just about to say that because I know I've, 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 you know, we've we've messaged back and forth, and now we're talking on a podcast. But I've never actually met you in person, so we should definitely go grab yeah. a couple cold ones at some point in the near future. No, for sure, absolutely. And then you know, me and Matt have the same facial hair, so you guys will be a little confused. What you're saying is you're studs. Yeah, absolutely. Just two, just absolute jacked stallions walking through the. Place. Yeah, baby. Uh, but yeah, I mean, thank you guys for having me. And then uh, my wife's also a fan of the show, so just real quick, I want to say, hey, happy anniversary, Audra. And that's uh, about it. Oh, what a sweetheart! Yeah, happy anniversary to you guys. Twelve. Thank no you. small feat, I mentioned. So good for you guys, and to many more. Cheers to you thank both. You. Congratulations on the baby. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, so yeah, we actually, we have to meet up anyway, because you got those phantasm beers for us. There's another yes. phantasm reference. Oh, yeah. Andrew, so. That's right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's make that happen. But, um, yeah, again, my name is Mike. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of America's Hometown Horror. It is good to be back. I, uh, I missed, I missed last week for the first time and the, since the show has been out there and it felt really strange and I was definitely getting the itch to record this week. So I'm happy to be back and, uh, go enjoy October, my friends. Good evening. We'll good see you guys evening. later. Good evening. <laughs> Bye. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror, and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show, because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.